Hello, Bravo lovers. I hope everyone's doing well out there. I have a special treat for you. For all those Below Deck fans out there, I have on today's episode, Alex Propson from season four of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. And he he was wonderful. He is exactly how he is on the television show. He is cool, calm, collected, humble, and I had a great conversation with him. He gave me over an hour of his time, and his birthday happens to be tomorrow, where he turns 29. Um, So if you don't know who Alex Propson is, uh, Alex is originally from Wisconsin. Alex got his jumpstart in yachting while networking in Los Angeles. He moved to South Florida and kept up his career as a deckhand since achieving his captain's license. The career change was influenced by the pandemic after spending eight years in sales. You can always find Alex staying active, whether practicing yoga, playing basketball, or diving into top destinations around the world. This is my interview with Alex Propson. (laughs) So, I have to ask you, like, now that everything's out, yeah, everything man. has aired. What is the feedback like? Um, the feedback on the season as a whole has been has been good. Um, I was just talking to somebody, and you know, it's like it's one of the first seasons where nobody's been fired. There hasn't been anything like detrimental that's happened emergency wise, really. Um, you know, so I think all in all, the season went went really good a majority of the drama is interpersonal and uh and drunken so (laughs) yeah which is what we love about below deck that's that's my i have to say that um below deck is how i choose my vacations it's uh yeah depending on where the season goes i'm like okay i'm going there next yeah man yeah and sardinia is uh is a good option that one that one gets too enthusiastic thumbs up from me um, yeah I, if you can visit by boat okay i've been uh i've been to italy but i did italy wrong because i planned to i went for like five days and that was not enough that i went to rome and i went to sorrento and i was like okay this is Italy. I need to spend like two weeks here and bounce around. Oh yeah, man. At least I was there, I think for, for a week and a half or something after we fin- finished uh, filming, I stuck around and I went to Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Venice first and hung out there for a little while. Um, it was be- amazing. Like definitely bucket list. And then went to Rome for a bit um and met up with some friends and had a great time there but i mean just the amount of like history and like stuff that there is to see and do there i mean a week wasn't even really enough so (laughs) when i went to rome i was like walking through i was walking by the coliseums and i was like this place is centuries old like i'm i'm walking (laughs) where julius caesar like it's 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 yeah, surreal. but it's, it's also surreal. like a bustling modern city as well. Yeah, so it's kind of a trip. Is like you yeah. have this like 
you know, it's a whole ass city, but then right next to it is like <laughs> the ruins of some ancient you know, <laughs> structure, castle, coliseum, something. So yeah. it's a beautiful place. Strongly recommend. So uh, first, I want to thank you for coming on my podcast. Uh, of course, you didn't have to, because at this point, I am a nobody. So, like, I greatly appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Yeah, the the timing was great. I think that, um, yeah, I think, I mean, your show seems seems like a ton of fun. And um, I, I did a little bit of research. And, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think after the reunion, there was a lot that didn't get to be said and shared. So the timing, yeah. the timing was right as well. Yes. Dude, Everything aligned. Everything aligned. Holding the space and having a platform. Yes, I I appreciate it. It was I've wanted to do this for years, but you don't see like a lot of guys uh, recapping Bravo shows, and so like one of my favorite podcasts is Bravo Bros. I don't know if you've heard of them, but once they started doing their thing, I was like, okay, maybe I could do a podcast too. And I started like two and a half months ago, and then here we are. Okay, well, happy to be in the uh, in the pilot season. <laughs> yes. So, so I want to take it back before you go on below deck. So I read in your bio that you're from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yes. What part are you from? Um, from like the Appleton area. It's like between Appleton and Green Bay. So the specific area I'm from is really rural. It's Kakana Freedom. Um, but it's kind of landmarked by Green Bay in the, if you look okay. at what's like a bit, yeah. like this area right here. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I'm from a pretty rural area, um, not, a, not a whole lot like landmark wise, but we have the Green Bay Packers and that's kind of. That's true. That's Wisconsin, true. So. so how were you growing up? Like, did were you the cool kid? Were you shy? What, did you play sports? Um, all of that, <laughs> actually, uh, I had a unique, uh, a unique upbringing. I was homeschooled for most of my, uh, youth up until high school. Um, uh -huh. so that gave me kind of a unique spin on things, especially in an area like that, as rural as it was. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I've always been very, uh, social outgoing, um, definitely willing to to take chances and risks so nobody was really surprised back home when they found out that i was moving to los angeles and then i was okay. moving to florida and then i was on a reality show and none of it's really come as a as a huge shock to anybody um so i think yeah i mean i like to i like to think that i'm pretty much the same person in every room i'm in um so nobody was was too shocked with who they saw on the show so you knew growing up, growing up there that, okay, I'm not going to stay here for the rest of my life. I'm going to get out and explore. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't. Um, I guess I always kind of felt that way, but it wasn't until I was in my early 20s. Um, so, shit. How old are you? I'm, 20, I'm turning 29 tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Oh, happy early birthday. That's awesome. Oh, snap. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I kind of oh stopped celebrating them now as we get closer to the next decade. But um, yeah, so it wasn't until I was in my early 20s. Um, I was in real estate 
and I was pretty comfortable in Wisconsin. You know, I love I love Wisconsin. I love the area I'm from. And uh, there was a time where I was like, man, I guess this is where I'm I'm gonna be, and I was okay with that. And then um, I had some stuff that kind of happened in my personal life, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a, a long shot here and I'm going to try traveling for the first time, like out of the country. Yeah. Uh, so I went and I signed up for this um, volunteer program in Thailand and I stayed there for three months or was supposed to stay there for three months and ended up staying quite a bit longer. And then when I came home from that and I, you know, had been all over the world, um, kind of looked at my my small town and was like hey I think you know I'm at a point in my life where I'm young enough to make a change and I have the vision to make a change right now and uh decided to move to California so inadvertently yeah I just kind of ended up roaming a little bit I I one thing you know in my group of friends, a lot of us love to travel the world, but one thing Americans don't do is leave the country. People right. like to go, you know, stay in the country. Maybe they'll go as far as Mexico or maybe Puerto Rico. But like, as far as that, I think the statistic is like, I think only 10% of American U.S. citizens have a passport. Wow, that's, that 10% is significantly lower. i could be wrong yeah. <laughs> don't quote me on that yeah i'm no, not a I journalist but i i believe you um yeah i think that you know and that's how people from wisconsin were you know it was a big deal if we went to chicago like that was a you know it's a two-hour yeah. drive or a three-hour drive um but that was like a that was significant and i was just like man every time i you know leave the state it's you know, exhilarating for me. Yeah. So I decided to, you know, fly literally to the other side of the world. And I took a 15 hour flight to China and woke up in China. Oh my gosh. Never been out of Holy the cow. Like, oh man, <laughs> this place Go. is a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah. Um, well, so your yeah. Perspective, perspective changes. And I think that, uh, that shift in perspective is something that kind of scares a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, but for especially in the world of yachting, um, it's everyone kind of thinks the same. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, roaming. You can't you can't grow as a person uh, unless you step outside your comfort zone or your bubble that you live within. Yeah, or at least have a have an open mind to to people that do right. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was for me it was experiencing the different cultures. Um, and the different religions and the different, yeah. you know, ideologies and ideas about things. Um, Cause I had come from such a, you know, Midwestern conservative Christian background. Um, and once you like, you know, break out of that mold a little bit um, and you realize that there's people in the world who don't even know what conservative Christian yeah. beliefs are, um, you know, your perspective definitely shifts. You know? Yeah. The, what, what's valuable and important definitely changes. So, well, because at the end of the day, it comes down to who you are as a person, not like what political party that you follow or your ideology. That's, yeah. that's what matters. Yeah. And I mean, like people in, people in third world countries, you know, they're worried about 
what they're going to eat for dinner and where they're going to get fresh water and, you know, how they're going to survive winter and things yeah. like that. Um, so they aren't thinking about any of the foolish things that we stress and yes. uh, self anxiety about in the U S yes. so seeing that yes. firsthand and seeing the, uh, the joy and excitement that they lead life with, um, not having a quarter of what we have yeah. the opportunity we have in the States. That's probably the thing that was the most eye opening. So I, I know you said you're turning 29 tomorrow and speaking of traveling the world. So I, I turned 31 in March, but my 30th birthday last March, I was nervous about turning 30 because I was like, where I am at 29 is not what I thought I was going to be, where I thought I was going to be. So instead of celebrating with friends, I went on a six day solo trip to Costa Rica and rented a car and drove around the country and had the time of my life. Yeah. And I met some guy, Juan, and his girlfriend, like on an ATV adventure in the jungle. And him and I were like sitting on the beach because we like he he and his girlfriend invited me out for drinks after. And he was just like, you know, you're so lucky to be from the States. He was like, there's not many opportunities here, but like agriculture or tourism and you know that's pretty much it and it's like you know I was like wow I freak out about the trivial things in my life and I'm like here are people who were like you see people walking on the side of the road like carrying baskets of fruits just trying to make a living and it, it does open your perspective and makes you reflect like okay like my life is not as bad as I think it is or stressful Totally. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, I, not quoting your statistics, but if 10% of Americans, you know, only 10% of Americans have passports, that means even less of them are traveling internationally, it means that uh, there's, you know, a whole mass majority of the population of the U.S. that isn't having those experiences or isn't yeah. receiving that perspective. So, yeah, I mean, if I had one piece of advice to young adults, it would be to get outside of your comfort zone, go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is, is the saying. So, <laughs> That's where um, the fruit is. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, get out there and, and get that because it, it can alter you as a, as a human being. And it's almost yeah. always for the better. Yeah, I agree. So you moved to California, LA, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Literally the heart downtown LA is where I was at first. So. And how long were you there? I lived in LA for three years. Okay. And then, so after LA for three years, then you moved to Southern Florida. Correct. Yeah. Then I moved to Miami and then I made my way up to Fort Lauderdale, which is a little bit north of Miami. Um, so yeah, when I, when I moved, when I was in Asia, I met a girl, fell in love. We traveled around a little bit and she lived in LA. I was in Wisconsin. So I was like, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity for me to get out of Wisconsin. Packed all my stuff, sold all my stuff, property, oh, wow. property and stuff, sold all of that and uh, moved to Los Angeles. Um, and that was in 2019. Um, yeah, 2019. And um Shortly, you know, within eight months of being there or whatever, a little pandemic started, <laughs> a little thing we all seem to forget about. Yes. Um, so, you know, I got to experience Los Angeles pre 
during and a little bit here post pandemic. Um, but yeah, being there while the city and the world was going through all of that um, was was tumultuous, I will say. And it was something that, you know, shook me a little bit because it was my first time, you know, really taking a chance and getting outside of Wisconsin. And then, you know, I have a global pandemic hit. Um, so I don't regret the move at all. And I love the city of Los Angeles. Um, I still visit frequently. But um, yeah, so when, when I got into yachting, which happened while I was there, um, and the opportunity came for me to move to Southern Florida, which is kind of the yachting hub of the U.S. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it made sense career-wise, um, and it made sense economically at the time as well, because L.A. was and still isn't uh, fully recovered from no. what happened during the pandemic. So that's what brought me to South Florida. So you said you got your captain's license in California? Um, I got all the hours that I needed for my captain's okay. license in California out of Marina Del Rey. And then um, when I got to Fort Lauderdale, um, I have a, uh, made a friend who owns a captain's school. He was like, hey, you got everything, that, you got all the credentials. I've worked with you extensively. You'd be an amazing captain. Um, so basically it was just a you know, career move from deckhand yeah. to captain on these charter boats. Um, and it made sense for me. And, you know, I, that it was already kind of what I loved doing. So it was a very duh kind of move to kind of go back to educating myself, going through the Coast Guard program, um, completing that test and, uh, and, and starting to work as a captain. And fortunately in Florida, um, there's quite a bit of work for us, us U.S. Coast Guard captains, so. So, I mean, where do you want to take, you know, having your captain's license, like captain of your own boat and do your own day charter and start a business? Or would you possibly be open to being a future uh, below deck captain several years down the line? Yeah, good question. So there's a lot of different... I guess, avenues in the industry. Um, one is the super yacht stuff um, and the captains that, you know, you guys see on TV, Captain Glenn, Captain Sandy, Captain Lee, um, Captain Jason, mm -hmm. uh, and the newest member that I can't think of his name. Um, those, guys, those guys have taken basically the license that I have and they have built on it like extensively. They yeah. have entire career in the uh, maritime industry and in the super yacht industry, because for every license upgrade, um, it requires hours at sea and those hours need to be spent on the size of vessel that you want to future. Oh. So these okay. guys have spent, you know, their entire career doing yeah. that. It's really impressive and really admirable for me. Um, it was never really my goal to work on a super yacht. That was never like, you know, like, oh, I'm, I want to go and do that. For me, I was always land-based. I was always doing day charters. You know, I was into scuba diving, into fishing, into, you know, those types of things. So for me, I was always, you know, that's kind of how I was introduced to the industry. And that's kind of where I saw myself staying um, with the eventual goal of, of buying a boat, starting okay. a diving charter business was my original plan. Um, 
So that's kind of where I saw it going. Now that I've, you know, experienced a little bit more of the international yachting scene, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to doing to doing more of it. But as far as being a captain goes, um, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna take it as far as, you know, a lot of these other captains. It's it's yeah. really, you know, you really, really gotta want it. And I don't know in, in this phase of life if if that's quite where I'm at. So um, I would say that my endeavors are going to be more entrepreneurial than okay. anything else. But yeah, I hope to be land-based. Okay, that's awesome. So, okay, so you're living in South Florida. How does one get involved in the casting process for Below Deck? Does someone recommend you? Do they slide in your DMs? Did you see a casting for it? Um, yeah, so there's a couple different ways that I'm aware of. Um, for me, um, I just had on my Instagram all of my maritime credentials because that's how people kind of book you for work. Um, so I had in there that I was a, a captain uh, and I had in there a few of my other licenses and things like that. So one of the recruiters for the show saw that and I had kind of the image, I guess, they were looking for. Um, and they asked me, asked me to do the show. Um, and it, you know, it took me a little while. I wasn't really quite sure. I hadn't watched a ton of it. Um, but eventually the timing in my life made sense with their casting process made sense. And, um, that was my journey. Um, but I know that there are also, um, ways to apply to the show. Um, I know that they also, I believe, do some sort of casting call process. Um, but the majority of the people that I know were either sought out or had uh, gone through the application process. Okay. So you're in the process of casting. And like, how long does the process last until you find out you're on the show and you have to fly across the world? Um, once again, it's different for everyone. Um, but my experiences um, with these production companies are they, they run it pretty much to the last minute. So for Below Deck, I think I had um, maybe three weeks notice before I was going to be out there. It could have been a little bit more, um, but it wasn't significant. Um, so, you know, it was enough time for me to, you know, get my affairs set settled here, let the boats know that like the boats that I was captaining, let them know that I was going to take off for a while, um, you know, and, uh, and then get over all the way to Sardinia. Um, but yeah, I know it's different for everybody because okay. sometimes they like have people that they lock in. Sometimes they change the cast last minute or something pops up with Yachty's shocker. Where they uh, can't do it anymore, they, you know, they can't leave the boat they're working on, or their yard period changes, or something happens where um, they aren't going to be the right fit for the show anymore. So, I would say it's different different for everyone. It depends where in the casting process they kind of get a hold of you, and uh, you guys start communication. Okay. Um, if you see me like looking off to the side or looking down, I have like questions written everywhere. So <laughs> that's what's uh going on um so did you have any expectations before you started filming once you got there i know you said that you didn't really see the show before um no i think 
Um, I, I went into the whole thing with a pretty open mind. So, you know, it's season, I don't even know, of Below Deck with all the spinoffs and everything. Yeah. You know, the production of the show has it down to, uh, to a science in a way. Um, so they know you were casted for a reason. They know what they want out of you. Um, you know, th there's no expectations, but you're set up for success, I would say. You know, so I, as long as you go into it with an open mind, that's what I decided to do. I kind of had the mindset of, okay, I'm here to learn. It's my first time really working on a super yacht. Um, you know, learn to, it was my first time working on a sailing yacht. Um, so I was like hoping to learn sailing. Um, but I knew that I didn't need to come in with an ego or anything because, you know, I'm, I'm the new person on, on deck. I didn't, I didn't have any real prior experience. I didn't even really feel like I you know, totally belonged there. And then you just wake up in Sardinia one day and, you know, all of a sudden it's time to go to the boat yeah. and you just walk on board. And I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know, you know, how this is going to go. But yeah, open mind definitely is important. And then uh, I think just approaching it with kind of the, uh, with a humble, servant's attitude um yeah it's kind of my method anyhow i don't i don't know i know it's hard for some people <laughs> no i mean it shouldn't be hard it shouldn't um so it's the first day of filming and you get on the boat you are introduced to everyone you're introduced to captain glenn and then he sits you guys down and tells you that gary has covid and he's not going to be on the boat now i know you said you're pretty you were pretty green with being on sailing yachts and then there's chase and then colin is what engineer of the boat so like did you come on when you found that out where you're like oh gosh here we go like shit's about to hit the fan yeah you know i mean it, it's my first time doing any kind of tv it's my first time being in a situation like that so you know I wasn't really shocked that there was some sort of hiccup right off the bat. Um, that's also just kind of how the industry works. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think that first charter uh, without Gary was kind of a, a good way for us to, you know, learn sink or swim. Went, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it kind of gave us an opportunity to be like, all right, these are, these are the people you're working with. You don't know anything about their personalities. You don't know anything about their work ethic, their, you know, hygiene, like anything. You don't know, <laughs> you know, they're just like complete strangers. And then you're cast together in a, in a relatively stressful situation, like day one. Um, I think that that charter, even though it wasn't the best and the boat never left the dock and Gary, was, <laughs> like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I think that that core group of people, um, for us, it made us all really close right away. Um, and it made us have some patience with each other right off the bat because we we're like, okay, you know, this has to be the hardest this can be. Yeah. You know? So from here on out, we know that, uh, that we're willing to work together and, you know, we're capable of doing this successfully. So I think the way that it worked out, honestly, like, you couldn't write a better TV show. <laughs> like, it, like the way that it happened, like, was just so on point. So, yeah, no, yeah. Right. 
It, it, you know, I, it, one of the good things about Below Deck is that you kind of, you pretty much get a new cast every season. And so, like, you really can't get hooked on anyone. The, you know, of course, there are some people that do multiple se seasons. Uh, Daisy, um, Gary, Colin, Hannah, I think, from Below Deck Med. Um, but one thing I like about Below Deck is that you get to meet people every season. But this, this cast for season four was so good. And everything was so organic, but also dysfunctional at the same time and raw I, i'm just like i assume they're probably about to film another season uh because did you film this time last year uh yeah it was over the summer so. okay yeah that's it, the mediterranean yachting season it's usually i would love for i mean you know it's probably too late but i would love to see you guys all on the same boat again because it was yeah, it was good. Who knows? Maybe someday. You know, yeah. it definitely went really well. Um, as far as making it, I, I get a lot of comments and messages about, oh, you know, we want to see all of you guys back. Yeah. It's like, well, that wouldn't make for a very exciting TV show having sure. the sure. entire cast back. We would run out of drama and, uh, <laughs> pretty fast. Um, so, from a casting standpoint, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but maybe someday, you know, we'll. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Chase will take us all on a sailboat or something. Yeah, that would be nice. A little spinoff. Exactly. Uh, so you make it through your first charter, even though you could not leave the dock, even though you were missing Gary. You guys got a pretty good tip, which was surprising because that lady was complaining, crying that this was the worst trip she's ever taken. Um, yeah, you know, it was... Uh... It was an interesting group of, of women. Um, I had a great time with them. Um, it was very stressful first charter for us because we're all just, you know, like I explained, getting to know each other, figuring out where stuff is on the boat. Nothing's working. We can't find stuff, you know. Um, so we were kind of running around like crazy, but we did try to, you know, provide them with the best service we could, all things considered. Um, and yeah, the tip was very generous. Um, the primary was a really patient and uh, kind woman, and you know, as for the rest, I, I, you know, that's the worst trip you've ever been on. <laughs> no, I think, I think your vacations are going well. So yeah. <laughs> um. So it's your first night out with the crew. Uh, you guys have a good time out. You guys come back to the yacht. Things get interesting. Uh, in the hot tub. And you end up making out with Daisy uh, and Lucy. And Chase makes out with Madison. Do you think that... Tricky times. Do you think that Gary coming on the boat shifted the dynamics of how things started that first night out with the crew versus when he actually got on the boat? significantly yeah i think if you ask anybody from the crew like that first night out um after you know going through that first charter and you know we all leaning all leaning on each other and you know just getting to know each other that first night out was just such a blast you know we just were blowing off steam um and yeah it was so so much fun one of the best crew nights out of the entire season 
Um, I think Gary coming in um, for the second charter, um, I think, yeah, it, it, it shifted the dynamic absolutely, as it would with any time you introduce a new character into a tight-knit group. Um, and then on top of that, him being um, in a leadership role, and not only that, but it being the boat that he works on full-time, He's like, okay, well, now I've got these guys, you know, who think they can do this without me. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to assert myself and yeah. show them, you know, who's boss, um, which in a way we needed. And in another way, he might not have gone about doing in the most constructive uh, manner. But, <laughs> but like all in all, yeah, I mean, it, it shifts the dynamic. I don't think it, really would have changed the outcome of much. Okay. Yeah. So um Gary finds out that you made out with Daisy. Do you think that he got a little jealous uh once he heard that and felt like, you know, you're the one he needs to watch out for? Um yeah, well I mean I don't think that. He said that on Watch It Happens Live. So <laughs> we all know that. Um I didn't know anything about uh, Gary or Daisy or Colin really coming into this. Um, so, and as it turned out for everyone that watched the reunion, there was a lot going on that none of us new cast members really knew. Um, so, you know, like kind of hooking up with Daisy that first night, um, none of that made sense with everything else that I now know was going on. You know, had I known all that, you know, maybe drunk Alex would have steered clear, probably not, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. So I think it, I think it muddied the water a little bit, but, uh, and then it maybe kind of put a target on me from the get go in Gary's eyes. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that after, you know, filming the reunion. It's like, man, remember that? you know that hot tub session with daisy like how does that really fit yeah. into this whole web that was going on well the thing he never had competition on the show like colin you know was always in a relationship and so like there was no one to compete with and then here you are and you're curly locks and then you know <laughs> he's like oh shit you know here we go it's made out with daisy he doesn't even know how he feels about daisy it's it's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see how he would feel that way, you know? And if, if I, uh, had a little bit less, um, I guess, control over my emotions and, and those types of situations, you know, I'm, you know, there's many ways you could see yourself in the things Gary was doing as reactions to everything else he was yeah. experiencing. Um, but in a leadership role, um, when we all have the same objective, it just wasn't, it wasn't yeah. executed quite constructively as all. Well, you know, that's uh, a common pattern with Gary. Uh, so one thing I noticed you said in one of your confessionals is that you usually date models, uh, with daddy issues. Uh, what about you? Do you think? Why do you think you attract daddy uh, models with daddy issues? Excuse me. Uh, what about yourself? <laughs> do you feel like you attract them? That that I couldn't tell you. Um, that was said kind of as a as a one off joke and was edited in there to make 
to look like more of a serious thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like with, with my ex-girlfriends, there's a lot of um, likeness, I will say. So when they ask like what your type is, um, you know, I like immediately was like, all right, let's look at precedent here. You know, <laughs> that's that's one one pretty consistent theme. Um, so it was more said as in, in jokingly than anything else. But I don't I don't know why I attract what I attract, which is uh, I think if we all figured that out, the world would be a different place. But it's um, true. It's true. I'm glad that I can attract anyone. I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure once the show was airing, your DMs were blowing up. Um, yeah, man. But mostly with, um, you know, I would say 95% positive encouragement and feedback. Uh, you know, maybe 3% business opportunities and 2%, you know, interested <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good balance and to anybody that that's reached out in any of those facets it is well received and uh yeah. sorry if i don't always write back well yeah i mean yeah i'm i'm sure it's you know it's because you know virtually before you come on the show you're no one you're another person in the world and then all of a sudden the spotlight's on you and then with social media now, you can almost find anyone. And some yeah. people are very nice and some people are very nasty. And then some people are very curious. What's the like weirdest or strangest thing someone has asked you or requested on Instagram that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like most of the, you don't know, there's no like roadmap on how to navigate it. So for me, like most of the messages are read, um, you know, if I don't know you or it's not something pertaining to me or my career, I don't often reply. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been some, um, some unique and passionate, uh, requests, um, plenty for pictures of things, plenty of requests for, uh, me to start an OnlyFans page. There's been, yeah, people are bold. People very are lovely bold. You know, images and self oh. photographs and videos and oh. you, know, you know, you guys are we're all humans and we're all valuable and you know, yeah. consider wow, that is bold. <laughs> oh wow. But I, know, it's, the fact that anybody's messaging me at all, once again, I'm, I'm very grateful for, and I'm happy to hear from people in, in any facet, as long as it's respectful to myself and to themselves. So um, one question I have, so you're given the night shift. How, how boring is the night shift? Like, cause I know you're on Anchor Watch. No, you have to like clean up the deck before you know the morning shift wakes up. How much of that time is spent, you know, working, and how much of that time is spent watching <laughs> Anchor? Um. Yeah. So, I mean, this can be a, a brief segment. <laughs> There's really not that much to talk about, but we trade off the the day and night shift every charter okay. is how is how it's supposed to be structured. 
Um, my first night shift, never having really done an anchor watch for that size of a vessel before, um, and hearing that there were some things that happened in past seasons um, on anchor watch that were not good. Yeah. Um, that first one, I was really just like very focused on the, the wind and the anchor and making sure we're not moving around and my our position, you know, certain landmarks on shore and things like that. So I was I was pretty uh, pretty anxious the first time. Um, that honestly, I I didn't get as much or as good of a clean in as I was supposed to, um, which was coached kind of and corrected. And, um, you know, when you're on anchor watch, it is very quiet, eerily quiet. You're by yourself. Um, but the point is for whoever is up at night to clean the whole boat, top to bottom, front to back, the exterior of the boat, um, so that it's perfectly you know, clean and beautiful when the guests wake up in the morning. So 95% of the time should be spent on getting the boat prepared. Um, that other 5% watching anchor and uh, making sure, you know. Yeah. Didn't Madison also work night shift as well? Yeah. So their well, their ships were a little bit different. So night shift okay. means that they stayed up until midnight or something like prepping things for the next morning. Um, so yeah, it would, we would switch off. Sometimes it'd be Lucy or Mads up, you know, late um, with whoever was on the night shift. Um, but that kind of became an issue of contention later in the season. So yes, it did. Speaking of that. So we get to the point, Gary and Madison are vibing, but we also see that you and, uh, Madison have a flirtatious banter. Um, I think you passed out in the hot tub the first time that Madison and Gary hooked up. I yeah, think like, that was the case. Crew night out. Yeah, I got I got created for sure. It was time. <laughs> you said that uh, if you were more forward with Madison, she would have probably uh, have chosen you over Gary. Um, I know you said you're, you know, you're not thirsty like that. You're not forward like that. Does that mean that you're used to being pursued and not the other way around? Um, maybe, but I think more so, um, it was such a short window, you know, I'm juggling so much. I'm trying to figure out this boat. I'm, you know, it's my first time being on TV and there's anxieties that come with that. Um, you're trying to figure out your place and, you know, a totally new crew, um so for me like hooking up was was not very 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 close to the top of my like yeah. to-do list every single day and on top of that you're just getting to know these people like we had only known each other for a, a, several days at the time um so yeah we were all becoming friends getting to know each other um and then yeah gary gary having been on TV before, knows what he's doing on this boat, doesn't have any of these other anxieties or things really on his mind other than, you know, coming in and finding someone to hook up with. He's much more, much more forward and aggressive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that worked in the instance with Madison. So, I, I know you said that Gary knows what he's doing on this boat. Do you think that Gary also knows what he's doing when it 
when it's time to come for filming. Because I think of your day off, you guys are, uh, I think you guys are having dinner and Daisy and Gary are off talking. Everyone at the table is like, what's going on? What's happening? Um, and then we find out that Gary revealed that him and Daisy had sex after they agreed to not mention anything. Do you think like Gary just has a lack of a, a lack of awareness, or you think like he does some things because he knows he he's being filmed? Um, I think a lot of the, I mean, Gary's a pretty uh, shit man. Uh, the best way to say (laughs) Gary's a uh wears his heart on his sleeve I guess so you know a lot of the time it's very easy to tell uh what's going on with Gary and I think a lot of the viewers uh can can tell as well I mean it, it comes through the screen you can tell exactly where his head at is at and exactly why he's doing certain things it's it's almost um it's calculated in many ways it's very simple i guess and then also him that's the word i was avoiding but um, there's also this uh this side to gary you know he's been on tv before he knows how to to play this game that he was kind of creating um and in that specific situation that was done very deliberately and in a way to manipulate his position yeah. with uh with daisy and colin so um i think it's both you know yeah. i think that like for me i would have never even thought of that like oh if it's announced then it becomes part of this story yeah, line. the storyline yeah um so i would have never even thought of that so i think yeah he has a unique uh, uh position where he's been in this doing this long enough um that he can kind of you know, wield that yes. storyline to his favor. So yeah, that's that's quite for better, interesting. For better, for better and worse. Yeah, because I don't know if that's this storyline worked out in his favor. You know, at the end of the day, he's the uh, he's King GK. So yeah. So <laughs> it gets to the next morning. Um, I assume the next morning you guys find out that Gary and Daisy hook up. Is that when things got really tense and everyone was sneaking off in rooms talking? Yeah. How far from when you found out from when that whole thing happened at the on your I, day off? I didn't know that that happened on the day off. So that's the other thing is like a lot of us watching the show that are like from the cast when we watch it back excuse me um we don't see those conversations and stuff so we didn't know what was going on totally um but yeah when the heads of department are all sneaking off to have these conversations and we can you know there's tension everywhere we were all just kind of like someone's got to get some work done here so we, we we were still working our butts off every single day uh you know wash rinse repeat quite literally yeah. and um you know, we were like, well, clearly there's something going on. Clearly we're not a part of it. Um, and it wasn't until I think, you know, I made a few comments not knowing what was going on. Um, and then Madison had to kind of, you know, Mads, sorry, sorry, Mads. Uh, she had does, to she kinda... pre- does she prefer Mads instead of Madison? 
that. She's okay, Mads, I'm sorry, Mads. If you're if you uh, watch this, Mads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't until she like she was privy to some of it because she got roped into all of that, um, and she finally kind of told me what was going on a little bit, and I was like, oh damn. Um, but truthfully, it didn't affect what I was doing day to day at all. Yeah. Anyway, I still had a job to do. Uh, I still had a goal, which was to earn money over the course of the season. Yeah. So I was very focused on that. Chase was very focused on that. Lucy and Mads were very focused on that. Alicia certainly yeah. was very focused on that. Um, so it was the heads of department, I would say, um, that if anyone got distracted or, or... And did not lead by example. Um, well, in many ways they did, too, because they also work... Uh, you know, Colin and Daisy worked really, really hard. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're in a leadership role, um, you know, like I said before, I use the, the phrase, there's no roadmap for how to do that. Yeah. For leadership, there is a lot of roadmaps. <laughs> you could read any one of thousands of books that are, you know, written just on the topic yeah. of effective leadership and how to lead by lead people and even if you don't read any of those and even if you possess zero leadership skills you still have the ability to lead by example um you know even the most inequipped leader in the world as long if he's in the pits you know with his people and he's leading by example it can still be an effective team um so yeah, the heads of department maybe at, at times got distracted. Daisy works really, really hard. Colin was clearly working his butt off. Yeah, just trying to he saved the season. Exactly. Um, and Gary's Gary. But, you know, <laughs> it, I, I think at a certain point, and maybe not through all of the season, but at a certain point, the focus definitely shifted from the work and the team objective. Um, to to their drama a little bit and i think we corrected it um and it was an extremely successful season in many months and that is due to our our leadership but yeah there was there was a point in the season that i think maybe we lost got off track a little bit um fortunately the sheep didn't follow the shepherd um but yeah i think i think it did affect things for some people so there are a couple of moments where, uh, you know, you unintentionally asked questions or made a joke or made comments that ended up being the catalyst for drama on the show. Uh, so this uh, banter happens between you and Mads, uh, where, you know, I think you said, you know, why are you so bloated? And she said, you know, Flo came to town. And <laughs> so then... It ends up being like the final drama of the end of the season. I believe you told Colin and then Colin told Gary. Yeah. So how it happened basically is me and Mads are messing around, like just teasing a little bit, like, like we always do. Um, And she said that, but I was like, like we were also partying. So it was like, so it was like that comment, um, you know, went in one ear and just kind of didn't hear the rest of it, never thought about it again until the next morning 
when I went into the boys' cabin and Chase or Colin or someone was talking about how they walked in and they saw, you know, Gary doing what he was doing. And uh, without even like my brain processing it, I was just like, wait, that's not right because Matt said this. And then Chase and Colin both are, you know, shocked. And that's how it all kind of happened. So for me, it was just a piece of information, like drunken information that was registered in there for some reason. And then it came out very, uh, I'll say innocently. There was no, yeah. there was no you know, there's no malintent, um, which Mad, Mads knows as well. But yeah, that, that one little, you know, slip up of my tongue, which was relatively rare in the season. I'm usually pretty articulate and well well calculated i guess uh but yeah that one slip up definitely was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back i mean it led to great television so i mean even though it was <laughs> unintentional i think you deserve a round of applause for contributing to a great you know final two episodes i had to contribute some drama yes <laughs> so uh one thing so that conflict happens on the last charter of the season between the the thruple guests were you sleep at the time that conflict was happening um shit man, i don't even remember um i know no i think i was awake because i was on days for that last charter okay. so i was awake for most of it i could see you know them getting more and more intoxicated but nobody really knew what was going on it was like between the, the three of them yeah at a certain point um so it wasn't until like that dinner um where we were like okay this isn't good yeah <laughs> this could end really badly in a lot of different ways and that's when the captain had to get involved um and then chase woke up and he was on uh not only night watch but thruple watch so. yes <laughs> so are are the charter guests because we see them obnoxious, drunk, uh, demanding. Are the charter guests usually like that, or do they get a bad edit when it comes to the show when we're when we're watching? Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna say that for the most part, the production team isn't. You know, they aren't making things up yeah uh, these are very eclectic people that are are coming aboard and that are doing this type of vacation um and they're all so lovely like for the most part you know they're all very kind there there isn't a really many people from the charter season that i wouldn't love to have on board again as charter guests um but once you build in the uh the amount of drinking that happens yeah um the relationships in between the charter guests um that's when that's when things can i guess get a little wild so there wasn't really any like there was never really anybody who was you know upset or or mean to the crew in any way yeah. or disrespectful to the crew all of the uh charter guest drama was basically in their in their friend group uh, and usually happened towards the end of the day when, you know, they spent most of the day drinking. So um, I think it kind of speaks to 
it's almost like a social experiment yeah. in, a, in a way, you know, it's any group of friends that you put in that situation and they can have any drink they want and they can have as much as they want. And then it's the end of the day and you're all drunk. I think we could all probably admit that our friend groups would have some drama as well. So yeah. Yeah. the television, uh, the television writes itself. Um, they know that when they're coming into it as well. Um, but there's no way to prepare for that type of thing. But I don't think it's bad editing and I don't think it's, it's any type of bad character on the guest's behalf. I think it's just that the most interesting parts happen to be after they've been drinking all day. So, so I have just a handful of questions and then we can wrap this up. Uh, cause I want to, your birthday is tomorrow. Um, so you get to the reunion one, how long? How long are you guys filming for the reunion? Um, the reunion was all shot in one day. So it was, uh, it was all remote, obviously. Um, and that was pretty much just one afternoon. I want to say like okay. three or four hours. And that's with all of the production breaks and everything in there as well. So really what you see on the reunion um, it's not chopped up a whole lot. I mean, they cut out the boring parts and the, the parts where the audio is bad and, and all of that, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty much what was shot is what you guys are seeing. Were you surprised when Gary admitted that he doesn't watch the show back? Um, two things crossed my mind. Um, one, I was a little disappointed um, which I think I, I talked about on the reunion. It's like we have this this very unique opportunity to play back what how we behaved and how we treated other people and and how we are uh, how people perceive us basically and how we affect other people. And to not watch that back um, seems really you know selfish in a way i guess it's just like it's just like you have no interest in in growing yeah i was about to say growing uh, yeah yeah so so that was a little bit you know i was just like really man um, <laughs> but then the other but then somebody else brought something up on one of my instagram lives recently and they were like you know that and this person whoever they were fan out there um they they said we think Gary watches all of it and maybe mm. more so than anyone um but disapproved of you know his behavior and his actions and didn't really want to um you know admit to all of that he was very apologetic for a lot of it on the uh on the reunion but those apologies mean a lot less when a year has gone by since it happened and you might not even really remember all of the you know what all went down so you know um i was i wasn't shocked but i was a little disappointed um and then somebody else brought up that point and that you know i don't know either way uh you know we all did things we weren't totally proud of um uh, we all had good and bad moments and i think for the most part, Gary included, I think we do intend on on growing from that and uh, being better than we were last year. And I think a lot of us have, have become better than we were last year. 
So I, I hope that for everyone, you know, I would never hope that somebody is, is stuck in their ways because changing for the better is, is always welcome. Yes. Amen to that. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like there was anything at the reunion that wasn't addressed or you didn't get to speak to that, uh, you would like to speak to now? Um, not much. I think the, uh, I think the Gary, Daisy and Colin thing was kind of, I mean, it was an overwhelming theme of the entire season and then the reunion was no exception. Um, so for a lot of us, uh, you know, first year crew on there, um, you know, there was a lot of things that we might've wanted to speak on. Um, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. You know, we butt heads, we all did at certain points. Um, and even, even with me and Gary, I don't have any, any bad blood. I don't, I, I was never yeah. upset really, really with the guy. And even on the show, that's why I, I, I run up to people and I'm like, what's going on? Explain to me what's going on so we can sort through this and, and get back. That's how I approach those types of things. So, um, yeah, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, we didn't totally work on deck and whether that was due to my greenness or his style of leadership um you know it just it just didn't work between us and that's totally fine not pictured is all the nights and the times that me and gary had a great time together and you know mm. got to know each other and all the cool conversations we had and you know so at the end of the day we're all friends i you know I would love to reconnect with Gary at some point and get his take on all of this. Um, we haven't had that opportunity, but I'm very open to it. So, so life after Bravo, uh, have you made any friends within the Bravo universe uh, become cool with outside of the Below Deck cast? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been blessed to uh, find myself in some rooms with some super, super cool people. Um, specifically in the below deck world, like uh, Katie Floody and Malia White. Uh, I've gotten really close with them and, you know, they've kind of encouraging me through this below deck season. Yeah. So shout out girls. Um, and then, yeah, some of the, uh, I've, I've hung out with some of the Summer's House, Martha's Vineyard crew, um, some of the Summer House, Winter House crew. Um, and would you ever do summer or winter house if asked? I think I would. Yeah, I think okay. I would. Have an idea. Yeah. Bravo, get on it. Get on it, Bravo. Um, so my last question: um, What lesson did you learn about yourself this season after watching back? And is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Um, I'll answer the second question first and, and that's no, um, you know, I think for that time in my life, everything happened, you know, I could sit here and say like, Oh, I wish I would have drank less or I wish I would have given Mads more attention or I wish, you know, I could have say all that stuff, but truthfully, no, um, for everything that was going on with me last year, that was the most 
organic and realistic representation of who I was when, when we were filming that TV show. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take back any of that. It was, it's more so cool just to have like that season of your life yeah. cemented somewhere. Um, and even though some stuff is good, some stuff is bad. Um, you know, I'll, t I'll take the bad with the good because the good outweighs almost all of it. And I made some amazing friends and had a really cool experience in there. So would not take anything back. Um, and then the first part of that question, um, what have I or how have I grown from all of that? Um, I think I, I think I've just become a little bit more impeccable with my word. So even though, you know, <laughs> I don't speak as much as other people, maybe. Um, I've learned the strength of those words and how they can impact specifically uh, in a social setting. Um, and words cast spells, um, which was written in the book, The Four Agreements, fantastic book. But um, understanding the, the power of those, those words and how they affect people around you and the role that they play in relationships and friendships um, is definitely the thing that, you know, I saw plenty of examples of from the show, not with myself and with the rest of the crew and something that I'm actively, you know, working on to this day. I, I did notice that you have a way with words because I think in the first part of the reunion, you were so eloquently saying how, Gary's leadership skills and his communications with how to do your job on the deck were lacking. And maybe if he would have handled things in a better way or worked on his communications, that things you would have had better direction. And I'm sitting back and watching, and I was like, oh, does Gary even know that Alex is like giving him like a really good lashing right now, but like in such a calm respectful manner and where i looked at gary and i was like he can't even say anything back because you were so nice and respectful with it yeah it wasn't it wasn't intended really um as a lashing um you know a whole year had passed and i i there was you know no sharpness really in my tongue but it was all honest and it was all um how i experienced it and i think the camera interpreted it the right way um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's difficult it, there's a saying that goes, um, never argue with a fool because a passerby might not be able to tell who's who. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, 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 I carry that one with me. And in these types of situations, um, you know, there's no sense of going on camera and just hashing it out back and forth because it can all be laid out exactly how it happened. And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's um, no emotion involved is sometimes the best way to sort through a problem. And that's how I, I tried to lay that out with no real sharpness behind it, but just saying, Hey, this is how it happened. This is how it affected your team. This is how it affected the season. Um, and I hope some of that was received in a respectful manner and I hope uh, I hope that he walks away with something from me <laughs> so um is there 
anything that you have coming up or anything that you would like to promote that, you know, your fans, uh, you want them to know about? Um, I really just stay tuned. You know, I think there's, I think there's more to come from Alex. Well, certainly. Um, so I'm not maybe totally done with, uh, with Bravo and their productions. Uh, I appreciate all the support. There's going to be, there's going to be some projects and things coming up that I'm, I'm sure you guys who are following me already are going to get the inside scoop on. Um, but for now, just thanks for going through this wild ride with me and uh, supporting me and appreciating me for, uh, for who I am and welcoming me into your homes via your TV. It's been amazing. And for those who don't follow you, where can everyone follow you on what social media platforms? Yeah, so best for me is Instagram. Um, at Alex Propson is best. Um, I'm also on Threads now. Don't totally know. Yeah, Threads. It was exciting in the beginning, and then it's like, oh, it's another social media platform. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, in Instagram's Instagram's the best for me. Um, there's going to be some opportunity <clears throat> to come and charter boats with me down here in South Florida. So watch Instagram for updates on that. Um, would love to meet more of you. Um, I'm on Cameo as well. That's a great way to interact and to meet you guys. Um, but definitely reach out on Instagram, follow me there, and that's that's going to be the best way to to get me to read those messages that I sometimes don't get to. <laughs> it's okay, um, Alex. I want to thank you sincerely so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it was a good conversation. Very good conversation. Fantastic, Jared. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I, I, I wish you all the success in the world with this. It takes a lot of uh, bravery to, to start something like this in, the, uh, in this current climate. So I, I, I encourage you to stick with it. Um, you know, I think you're a fantastic host. And I appreciate you holding the space for me to talk a little bit more. Um, and hopefully for uh, for other people to get an inside scoop on what was going on in Parsifal. Yes, most definitely. Um, again, I also want to wish you a happy early birthday. I mm -hmm. hope you have a good one. And don't be afraid of turning 30. I know you're turning 29, but yeah. don't be afraid of turning 30. It's scary at first, but, you know, it's good. For sure, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't fear much anymore. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. New phase of life and uh, hopefully get to bring bring you and uh, all you Bravo fans along with me. Yes. Um, anytime you, if, if, it, if you pop back up on Bravo, you're more than welcome to come back on the podcast to talk about it. You know, we'd, we would love to have you back. Yeah, just let me know, brother. Happy to contribute yes. anyway. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You got it. God bless y'all. Peace. Same to you. Bye. And that was my interview with Alex Propson. I had such a good time. He is such a nice person, so warm, so open, and he just radiates great energy. I hope you all enjoyed this interview. I know I did. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. 
you can always catch a brand new episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. every Wednesday and Friday. You can follow me at Bravo Tea with Jared B. on Instagram, at Bravo Tea with JB on Twitter, and I'm also at Bravo Tea with Jared B. on TikTok. Follow me on those social media platforms. Reach out to me. Slide in my DMs. Give me your questions. Give your give me your comments, and I will read them on the podcast episode, and I will give you a shout out. I greatly appreciate the support. It is so humbling. I'm so excited for this opportunity. Um, that's all the Bravo tea I have for you. I hope you all have a great weekend and I love you for listening and I will see you next time on Bravo tea with Jared B. Well, we won't see each other, but you'll hear me. (laughs) You might see me. Things are expanding. Have a good one. (laughs) 